my name is Leah Gracine and I am the host of Side Grace Podcast. This podcast was created to increase our insight, work on our mental health, as well as create a happy and satisfying life, whatever that may look like for each and every one of you. I release a new podcast episode every Wednesday at 6am, so set your reminders, as well as follow me on my official Side Grace Instagram. So side underscore grace, that's where you can find additional information that follow and attach to the podcast episode of that week. As well as I am a clinical mental health counseling student at this moment in my master's degree. So everything that I share with all of you, the advice that I give is personally what has worked for me and the things that I have experienced. I'm not a professional yet. So If you need professional advice or you have any concerns, please contact a therapist, your doctor, because I am not a professional yet, but I do give some advice. So that being said, let's roll into the episode this week. I hope you enjoy this podcast episode today and let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for coming back to my podcast, Side Grace. I'm Aliyah Gracedean. And you're listening to Side Grace. It's official, everyone. I'm 25. I just turned 25 years old, Saturday, December 10th. And I don't really know how to feel about that. <laughs> no, I do. I absolutely do know how, how I feel about it. And I'm honestly really excited. I already actually feel more mature and older because, you know, I'm 25. And, you know mature grown lady era is where I'm at right now yeah okay that's what I said when I was 22 but seriously I think each year as each year passes there's so much that I've learned and so many things that I am learning and I'm really really excited for actually turning 25 and my birthday was really good if you haven't seen what I wore for my birthday please take a look on side underscore grace by the time I post this that picture should be up. It's a gorgeous dress. It's by the Milani label. If anyone is wondering where I got that dress, it's amazing. Just putting that out there. That being said, this week's conversation that we're having, it's a lighthearted one, but a conversation that I think is really important is realizing and talking about the what ifs. What I find really interesting about the what ifs is that it is so easy to get there. It's really easy to get into the space of saying like, what if, what if this happens? What if that happens? And sometimes we can go down that spiraling effect and think about, you know, the worst case scenarios or thinking about the things that won't go right. And it's easy, like I said, to get stuck there. It is easy to find ourselves in the what ifs and staying there. I do it all the time, especially when I'm feeling really, really anxious, specifically with my health anxiety. So for me, when I'm experiencing my health anxiety, I have those spiraling what ifs, right? So I'm like, what if this happens and I have to go to the hospital? What if this happens and I don't make it? What if this happens? My what ifs are never nice to me. They're never positive. They're usually something that's kind of just beating me apart and I am struggling with. But one of the things that I talk about with my own patients that I see and that 
I'd say my friends, my family members, is that we need to challenge those what ifs. When those what ifs come up, we need to challenge it with a different tone. We can use the same what ifs in a meaningful way to help us develop as individuals and overcome things that our what ifs sometimes can keep us stuck in. So this episode is really talking about doing a little bit of a twist on the what ifs, turning the what ifs, because usually our what ifs are not really um, positive and shining a new light on them, coming up with new what ifs. And that's what I challenge all of you to do, which is what what ifs can you implement in your life that is meaningful, helpful, that helps you grow. I want you to I want you to think about that for a second and see if any of the ones that I add can be added to your list. So hopefully you took a second to really just think about what ifs you can apply to your life in a way that doesn't hinder you, that doesn't make you fear the result of something. And hopefully what I add, because I took some time and I thought of what ifs that I can apply to my own life and how that can help me. And so maybe some of mine can be added on to your list. But I think it's really important to think about this because oftentimes we want to combat those cognitive distortions. And we can do that by using the same things that we are trying to use to hinder ourselves, right? So that's when these what ifs come in. So for me, moving forward, these are the following what ifs that I want to use on a daily basis to really keep me motivated, keep me going, keeping me understanding that things don't have to be this way in the way that I think it is going to be. So the first what if that I want to start applying and that I often use for my patients and for myself, but I again want to start using it a lot more is that What if everything works out for me? What if it works out better than I thought it was going to? Because sometimes, again, I can get into that self-destructive thought pattern where I'm just like, nope, this is not going to work. This is like, I shouldn't do this. Aaliyah, you shouldn't do this. Don't do this. Absolutely stay home. Don't go outside. Don't interact with people. Like that one TikTok where it's like when my mom's on the phone, she's like, don't wander outside, all the dangers and all that stuff, right? That's how my mind works. But there are times when I have to catch those thoughts and remind myself, what if it works out? What if I have a great time? What if it works out better than I thought it ever would? And I listened to the what ifs that were trying to keep me locked inside, that was trying to keep me behind closed doors. What if everything works out for me? And that's super important because like I said before, I can get into a space where I think, what if this just doesn't work? What if this happens? What if everything works out for me? And that's one that I often will even practice with my patients that I work with now is what if it does work out? Because in reality is I don't know what is going to happen. I do not know what's going to happen tomorrow. I do not know what's going to happen if I get in my car, if I get in a plane, if I walk down the street, I have no idea what can happen in the next minute. 
It can be really good or not so good. It's a 50-50 chance. It's a toss-up. But therefore, because it's a 50-50 chance and I have no control over the matter, what if it does work out? What if it works out better than I expected? The next one is, what if we started and I started accepting that I am not perfect and I do not know everything? What if I actually came to that understanding? What if I really started accepting that I was not perfect, that I am not a perfect human being and I'm not what everyone makes me out makes me to be out to everyone like I'm not perfect I am I have this illusion and oftentimes people say this to me where they're just like you know you're so strong you're so like amazing and everyone should want to be like you I want to be like you and it's just like no I'm not perfect and that's a hard standard to live by but because oftentimes like there are high expectations of me there are things that people expect of me there's this belief that I have to keep up this illusion. And what if I started accepting that I'm not perfect? What if I started accepting that like I can make mistakes too and it's okay. And it's okay to not know the next step that I'm going to take every single second because I'm not perfect and I don't know everything. And what if I started coming to that understanding and that realization? How liberating would that be? To understand that I don't have to keep a facade. And I don't truly believe that I keep a facade now. But there are moments when I do feel like I have to hold an image in a way. And I'm not afraid of being vulnerable. But more so, even in the professional setting, you know, I feel like sometimes I have to hold a... I hold myself to a higher standard and even just at the educational level, right? So for those two settings, I find myself feeling that way. I feel this imposter-like way being in the profession that I'm in because people are coming to seek me and people come to seek me for answers, for help, for advice. And so... There's this illusion that like you, a counselor, a therapist knows what they're doing and knows and has life figured out. And newsflash, your therapist and counselor does not have everything figured out. They probably have their own therapist and counselor too. So that being said, I'm sorry if I popped your bubble there and you didn't know that, but your therapist and your counselor doesn't have everything figured out and they are just as human as you and they have stuff that they're struggling with too and they probably have their own therapist or still have a therapist. So that perfection that people hold us to can be really damaging. It can feel defeating for us at times and it makes us feel less human at times, you know? It makes us feel like we can't make a mistake or mess it up and coming to the understanding that like we are human, we do mess up. It's going to happen and admitting to my like my patients like those might say something you'd be like, "You know what? I don't know. I don't know the best answer at this time. However, I will 
do my best to understand and get to have more information about that so that we can kind of go together in this journey of what we need to help you and assist you. But again, it was a liberating experience to realize that I'm not going to know everything. I'm not going to have everything figured out. Even my professors make it seem like they have everything figured out and it's just not the case. Therefore, there are other people probably who are listening to this that feel like in their own profession or in different spaces of their life, they feel like they are holding up an illusion of this perfection that they have to be, you know, on the ball, on their game 24-7. And that they they need to know everything. But I really want to sit here and remind you that it's okay not to know everything. It's okay not to admit that you're not perfect and that you are going to make mistakes because it takes off a weight off of your shoulder. One that I wish wasn't there. But is there? So how do we alleviate some of that? Right? How do we take a little bit off and allowing you to walk a little bit more freely, right? Without all that additional stress on your back. Another one that I'm really like excited to start using is what if we started saying no? Like truly think about that. Like what if we started saying no? From someone, me, (laughs) who has people-pleasing tendencies, saying no can be really, 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 really difficult. Because I think about, well, if I say no, what if they get mad at me? Well, if I say no, what if they stop talking to me? If I say no, what if something happens to them and I could have helped them and I could have prevented that, right? But... Here's the thing, saying no protects me. Saying no protects what I need. Saying no shows respect towards myself and sets boundaries and allows other people to understand that like I'm respecting myself and therefore you need to respect me. So if I started saying no, what's the worst thing that can happen? People who actually respect me and love me are going to respect that and not get mad at me. And those who don't respect me or those who may, you know, be using me is going to get upset and show their true colors. That sounds like a win, if you ask me. It sounds like I get to weed out the people who may be there and may not be there for me truly and who may love me for me. And again, those people who get upset, I know they love me, but there's a duality of, hey, are you respecting me? AKA, like we can think of parents. Some parents are like that. One of my parents is like, I'm not gonna name any names because I recently found out that someone in one of my parents is listening. (laughs) But in all seriousness, just because someone gets upset because you said no doesn't mean that they don't love you however where's the respect right that needs to be a little bit of a further discussion and a place to explore but what if I started saying no and I started to realize that people who truly do love me the people who truly want to see me happy and respect my time my boundaries what I need what I want right and how I can give it back to them and then the people who get upset at me, who get a, start yelling, who get hurt, who won't talk to me, who give me the silence treatment, 
well, then I have other things that I have to reevaluate. But that is showing me the people who meaningfully love me and want to be in my life and respect me at the same time. Now, what if we change the narrative of the story we've been telling ourselves? Right? Like, what if I started changing that narrative? What if I started telling a different story? Because for a long time, I told a story, and there, you probably heard this story quite often, but the story between like me and my mom and my parents and my family and all these various stories that I've told, they also hold very true. But there was a time where I reached a place of understanding of, you know what, this is what it is and this is what my life is, right? And oftentimes... I can go back into the narrative of like, poor me, this, like, I had to like, you know, have this experience and great, like, fantastic. And other times, like, I can move back in the space of like, this is just what it is. And it's okay. What am I going to do moving forward? And how do I move forward out of the past? And it's all about the narrative that I was telling myself. But oftentimes, when we look back in the narrative of the story, look back at our story. Sometimes we can get caught in the space of, you know, what if I didn't have to, what if I didn't experience this? What if I didn't have to, you know, have these set of families, have these like people in my life? What if that thing didn't happen to me? And unfortunately for those who are having those what ifs about like, if this didn't happen to me, Unfortunately, we get stuck in that and you can find yourself stuck in that. What if, right? What if that just didn't happen? Where would I be? What, what would be different? We can't change that. And so the, what if of just changing the narrative, changing the narrative of the story that I'm telling myself and moving into the acceptance part, not saying that it's okay, not saying that, you know, you're okay with the situation by any means, but moving into what do I do now moving forward can allow so many different things, allow growth, which then moves in moves me into my next what if. So what if we used our past as a learning tool and not a resting spot? So what if I was able to look at the past? What if I was able to look at the past and say, okay, these are the things that have happened. Are these things my fault? Some of these things are not your fault, right? And if you look at the past and there's things that you're not really happy with, what can I do to change, right? Instead of staying in the past and ruminating on it and being upset about it and disappointed and playing the blame game and working through all those experiences of while you're resting in the past, what can I do with the past that can help me in the future? Or how can I move into that acceptance of the past so I can move on? for the future in the present day because we can't change the past and there's a saying um, within the group that I work with at my internship and I wish I remembered it I really wish I did give me one second because I'm going to look it up 
Okay, unfortunately, I could have not find the quote, but when I do, I'm going to bring it on to a next episode. But initially, this quote is just talking about, you know, if we stay in the past for too long, we're basically shitting on the present. I know I don't curse often on here, but that's kind of what the crux of that quote was really talking about. So understanding that, what can I do with the past? Can I do anything with it? Can I change it? No. Can I do anything with it? Yes or no. How do I move forward? How do I move forward in life? So what if we did that? What if we were able to look at the past and be more observant? Right? And understanding that this has happened. But I'm here. I'm now. And I'm no longer in this this space of the past. How do I move forward? And that's not easy. Sometimes that takes someone doing that next to us. Sometimes it takes an additional person in assisting us in that moment. So just being mindful of what you need in order when it comes to the past. Now, what if we didn't think we were weak for feeling our emotions that come up for us, that come up for me, right? What if there wasn't this stigma that crying, that getting like emotional about things makes us a weak person? What if that didn't happen? Oh my, what if that did not happen? Wow, we would we would be able to express ourselves more. Society would look a lot different <laughs> if that stigma wasn't out there. And you remember my one podcast episode talking about how I'm a sensitive person and I own that. I still own that till this day. And I really disconnected the understanding and the link between like, you're weak if you show emotions or you're weak um, if you show emotions and you're no longer a girl boss or, you know, with women, we have to be, for some women, there is a standard of being hyper-independent and not showing our emotions and being the caregivers and suppressing those emotions so that we can care for our significant other, care for our children, care for this, that, and the third in society. And if you can't do that, you're weak. You are an emotional person, you're sensitive, and your value has been basically lessened. And what if? What if we didn't have that thought? What if we allowed ourselves to feel the emotions completely and honestly and vulnerable, like as vulnerable as we can? What if we allowed ourselves to do that? What is the worst thing that can happen? We get support. We can find people who actually will support us. We can start to lessen the burden that we are holding within by trying to uphold a standard or a persona what if we actually did those things what if we allowed ourselves to show those emotions and understanding that it does not make us weak it does not make us lesser than of a person it actually makes us stronger because the one thing i will say is the smartest thing that you can be is having that emotional intelligence And if you're not sure what emotional intelligence is, I will gladly do an episode on it. But emotional intelligence can really lead you through the through life. 
and help you with so many different things. Relationships, work, right? Yourself, the relationship with yourself. So what if we didn't think our feelings and our emotions and feeling them and expressing them wasn't a sign of weakness, but a sign of strength? And what if, just just imagine, just absolutely imagine this one. What if we started to honor, hear me out, honor the body we have because it does so much for us already. I'll never forget when I heard this, where someone said, listen, your body, the one thing it knows to do is to heal. It is constantly trying to heal itself. Granted, Everyone has different conditions. Everyone has different things that they're dealing with. And sometimes our body needs that additional assistance. But the one thing our body understands and knows what to do at a cellular level, so many different levels, is to heal itself. Our body does so much for us. And oftentimes we sit here and we really can get at ourselves about our body, about our features, about the way we look. And what if we actually started to honor it? What if we actually started to praise it? What if we actually started to be grateful for the things that it does that we don't even realize? For example, you're breathing and you probably forgot that you're breathing. And there are people who need assistance breathing right now. Or the fact that you're able to walk up your stairs or that you're standing right now to take a shower or you're sitting. Maybe your fingers are moving or your legs are bouncing up and down right now because you're feeling anxious. Something that some people may not have, but you're having the ability to even do that. To be able to look for the podcast episode that you wanted to look for today and hear, that's the thing. And it amazes me when I really get to focus on those things is that my body is doing so much every single millisecond. It is working so hard to keep me alive and keep me here functioning. And what if I actually started showing honor and gratefulness and love to my body that it deserves because it works so hard? So what if I start getting eight hours of sleep? What if I start making sure that I'm filling my stomach with things that my body needs in order to restore itself, right? What if I actually start taking care of myself and talking to myself in a kinder way? What is the worst thing that can happen? What, what is what could happen with that? I start loving myself and start finding gratitude in the smallest of things that my body does. I don't know, those sound all really good. Those sound like all amazing things to do. So just think about that one. And lastly, the last one that I have is what if we saw life as a journey and not a destination? Let me say that again. What if we saw life as a journey and not a destination? Because 
I cannot explain how many times I've reached a destination, a goal that I've had. And then I just come up with a new one. And I realized that my soul happiness was not going to be met because I got to that goal or that destination. It's everything else around it. The journey that it took to get there. The journey, the steps, the things that I had to do, the people I had to talk to, the things that I had to do every single day to get to that destination and understanding that there is not one sole thing that will ever make us happy, completely happy and just call it a day and we'll never have to do anything else because now we're happy and this is what it is. You can look at all the people who have all the money in the world. Yeah, a lot of them could be happy, but you find a lot of them also is very upset and sad because it's not what you thought it would be. And not everyone thinks that it, you know, Russ had said it. And I think I mentioned this last episode, but he mentions, you know, don't let your ambitions rob you of, you know, your current success. Don't let it rob you of your current happiness. There's always going to be something to do. There's always going to be the next thing to do, the next thing to achieve. But realizing that it's the journey in between. It's the people we come across. It's the people we interact with every single day. And that could even be said with anything else. Maybe not goals. It can be said with our mental health, our physical health. So even for our mental health, right? You're not going to be your happiest self when, you know, you finally kick your anxiety or kick your depression and it's all gone, right? There's going to be something else. It's a journey. It takes time. And I remember I always said um, when my brother had passed away and I was really in the, the, like the, the meat of my anxiety for a year. And I struggled so long and it felt like a lifetime. And I remember I was like, you know, once this anxiety just dissipates, like I'll be okay, I'll be better. And (laughs) I wanted it to happen now. Like I, I was actively trying my best in any way that I could to get rid of this anxiety, to get rid of this internal mental pain, however Yeah, it didn't happen. It took a very long time. And the journey of it was something I will never forget. I'll never forget actively spending time with my family members, actively finding new hobbies and things that I wanted to do and trying new things and talking to people and outreaching in that journey piece, right? I can say now my anxiety is a lot more manageable. However, that journey is something that I'm never going to forget and has fixated its mind. It fixated itself in my mind for a lifetime because that is something that I'm always going to reflect back on is the journey that I had to get where I am today and to get to where I am in maybe a couple years. But it's, it's a journey along the way and I, there's no longer a goal to kick my anxiety. That's there, right? And 
over time, those things, it dissipates for me, right? I still have the, my PTSD. I'll still have my flashbacks and, you know, the OCD, the OCD thoughts that I would have. And those come up and they wax and they wane. So overall, just like some, my goal used to be like to be better, to be the way I was before my brother passed away. However, I realize now that's not my goal anymore. Like that's not my prime focus of my goal. My goal now is to absolutely just enjoy life and live life to what I can to the fullest. And along the way, obviously working on my mental health and that in itself I've seen can dissipate on its own time as long as I just enjoy the journey. Same can happen with a job, right? So what if I saw life as a journey and not a destination? And what if I saw my job as a journey and not a destination? What if I saw my hobby as a journey and not a destination? You can apply this to so many different things. And this is just getting to that in itself and that understanding that overall, everything is a journey. Everything is a journey that we do. We won't get there within a flash and we aren't going to be our happiest selves when we finally reach that destination. Sure, we might be happy in the moment. Is that lifelong? Is that forever? Is that sustainable? The journey is where we do also need to focus too. That destination, obviously, important. But the journey, what if we focus on the journey and enjoying that journey and enjoying what it brings, all the ups and downs? Because it's not always going to be highs. There will be lows and there might be real low lows and there might be real high highs. But how can we enjoy the journey along with it and take it as it is? So what if we started thinking in a way that fostered our growth, that allowed us to be our best selves, not even our best selves, but the healthiest selves that we can be? What if we started to take those thoughts and we switched them around and changed them around to help benefit us? And what if you came up with your own that would be helpful for you? Ones that you can write on a note card and hang up in your room or in your bathroom or where you'll see it. Or what if you put it in your phone? Maybe as your wallpaper. What if we actively just try to create those what ifs that help us move forward in life. So thank you all so much for listening to my podcast episode today. It really means a lot to me every single week to do this. And I'm really grateful that I get to do this because it it's helped me heal. It really truly has helped me not heal. Let me correct that because I always say, I'm not broken, but it's helped me grow into who I am today. And so I'm grateful that I continue to get to do this. And I'm grateful that so many of you listen each week. And for those who are new and are first time listening, thank you for joining me. And I hope you continue listening to my episodes. My name is Aaliyah Rosine. If you know a friend or a family member who this can help, please share a rating or a review and thank you all for listening to Cyrus.